up, everyone? Thank you for tuning into Tethered, a podcast dedicated to helping followers of Jesus stay connected to Him day by day. My prayer for this episode is that it would encourage you, challenge you, and propel you to abide more deeply in Jesus. I hope you're encouraged by this episode. Let's jump right on in. What's up, everyone? Once again, this is your host, Joey Morales. I really appreciate you listening to episodes here on Tethered. If you've been impacted in any way by these episodes, please subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date on when episodes drop, and please share with your friends and family on social media however you share things. I would really appreciate it. This is Season 2 of the podcast, dedicated to helping you understand your purpose for your life calling, how to stay tethered to Jesus moment by moment, day by day in your life calling, and walking away encouraged to live your life on mission, to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. In this episode, I am having a conversation with two friends of mine who are both college-aged about how they lived on mission in the summer of 2023 by taking a short-term mission trip to Cambodia with our local church, Abundant Life Church, based in Lee Summit, Missouri. Avery Parsons and Brooklyn Gonzalez are the guests on the podcast today, and they are excited to share about their experiences in Cambodia, what their expectations were for the trip, how the trip changed their lives, and how staying tethered to Jesus prepared them to go on this trip and will help them continue to stay tethered to Jesus and live on mission as a result of this trip. Without further ado, here's my conversation with both Avery and Brooklyn. I have my friends Avery and Brooklyn here uh, live on the podcast today. Thank you both for coming to what I'm calling, dear listener, Gemstone Studios <laughs> here at my house. And so this is the new, newly revealed name of the podcast studio. And so these are the first guests I've ever had over mm-hmm. at Gemstone Studios. <laughs> and so, but thank you, Avery and Brooklyn, for coming on to the podcast to share about um, your trip to Cambodia and how staying tethered to Jesus helped you to go on this mission trip. And so, yeah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? What do you do? I have a fun question on here for you, and then just three fun facts about the both of you. Alrighty, Thank you for having both of us. Um, I'm Brooklyn. Um, this is my first time ever filming a podcast before, so I'm a little nervous, but um, it's just a couple of things about me. Um, I'm the middle child of five kids, so that's kind of fun. And then I just love to read, and I'm really known for, like, starting multiple books and never finishing them. Nice. And then um, something, I guess, interesting about me is I've been to five countries before, and oh, each wow. one has been, like, on mission. So oh, that's awesome. Definitely having the heart for the nations. Um, and my favorite animal is, like, either a dog or I know this doesn't count, but I really love bees. Mm. It's not really an animal. It's more like a bug, but I just love bees. I mean, in the way that God created animals, I mean, it would fit into a kind. Yeah, it's a living thing, and we need them. And 
they yeah. provide our nectar. I mean, if you watch a bee movie, I mean, that yeah. kind of gives an example of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, we need bees. But... What's your favorite book to read? Um, I really like a lot of fiction, but I'm trying to think of, like, that's a hard question of, like, my favorite book. Maybe a theological book? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to get more into, like, theology books, but I do, like... I don't know if the, I don't think this is theology, but I like Screw Tapes Letters from C.S. Lewis. That's somewhat theology. Somewhat, yeah. yeah. It's one of his classics, so that one's a good one. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you. Hey, I'm Avery. Um, I also went with Brooklyn to Cambodia. Um, I my fun facts would be I love to play pickleball. Um, my favorite food is Vietnamese and Thai food, which Brooklyn and I are, we went to Thai Spice before this, so um, we definitely indulged. But um, and then I own a horse named Pocahontas. Nice. Um, and I think that just leads me to the next question: of What's my favorite animal? I'm obviously biased, so a horse is my favorite animal. I've had her for, like, seven or eight years, and so, um, yeah, she's definitely my fave. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. How often do you get to ride your horse? Um, right now, it's, like, once a week. Sometimes, if I'm super busy, it's, like, once every couple weeks, but um, I keep her out of my grandparents, so it's always nice because then I get to go see them whenever I go visit mm-hmm. her, so it's a win-win, and so I try to get there as much as I can. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know if you've noticed this, dear listener, but if you see a theme that's been going on in each of the guests that I've interviewed, I mean, at least with some of them, pickleball seems to be a theme. <laughs> and so you heard yes. Noah, you heard Emma, you heard Alex all say they love pickleball. I mean, I might as well just do an episode on pickleball. Yeah, let's do <laughs> it. Oh, I was Living so on down. mission, including yeah. pickleball. That's right. Live on mission to go tell Jesus while playing pickleball. Yes. I like that. That's awesome. And so, yeah, thank you again for coming on to the podcast to talk about just your recent trip to Cambodia. And so I want to start out with this question. What made you desire to travel to Cambodia this past summer? Um, I definitely had a desire to just go to Southeast Asia. Um, I was uh, previously committed to going to Thailand with um, crew, and there was a lot of um, peace I didn't end up feeling after a while, um, and so I really dove deep into why I wasn't feeling much peace, and I um, just like stumbled upon the opportunity to go to Cambodia with Abundant Life. And I just really started to raise up the question, like, Lord, like, is this something that you want me to um, commit to this over Thailand? And I took the opportunity, not knowing who I was going to be going Mm -hmm. with. Um, I go to school down in Arkansas, and so I don't get to be with um, my Abundant Life community um, throughout the school year. And so I was very nervous to commit to Cambodia, but it ended up being... um, just what I think would have been the better situation overall. And I'm just so glad that I made the decision to go. That's awesome. Uh, For me, I hadn't really been on a short-term missions trip for a while. I'd been like a little over a year. And so um, I just, I do have like a heart for the nations. And so I really just wanted to be challenged. And one of the leaders of the missions trip, um, 
approached me during um, the Live Scent class that our church puts on um, and was just like, why don't you come to Cambodia? Like, there's an informational meeting, just like come check it out Um, because he knew like I had gone on missions trips before. And so I just went to the meeting and got to see like the vision for the trip and the school that we would be helping. And I really just like felt um, excitement to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just decided to go I mean I just really wanted to be challenged again and it's sometimes nice to get out of a bubble that we live in and to go um you don't always have to like go to a different nation Mm -hmm. to be on mission but I think it's Mm -hmm. important that um if you have the opportunity to go do that and so that's why I decided to go yeah that's great I'm glad you got to go both of you to Cambodia sounds like it changed your life, which we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, just that desire to travel to another country to see what it's like to reach people for the gospel and just get to see a different culture, how they live their lives. And so that's awesome that you guys had that desire instilled in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and really excited that you all got to go. That's awesome. Was this your first time overseas? Uh, for me, it was not. I've gone overseas before. Um this was uh, my first time going overseas with my church, mm-hmm. um, with Abundant Life. And so, yeah. What about you, Avery? This was very new to me. Um, it was my first time out of the country. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like I went to the farthest place I possibly could. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it was the best. So, yeah. Nice. I know for me, like, I went to a mission trip myself this past summer as we are recording this podcast. It was like a month ago that I got back. And I went to the Dominican Republic, and mm. it even then, like, that was an interesting experience, mm-hmm. a good experience, but it's like, man, I've never been overseas before. Yeah. And so it's definitely a different perspective when you go overseas to see how they live. And so how did you two feel about going overseas? Um, I was I was pretty excited. Um, it was definitely, like, looking back in hindsight, I think if I could prepare better I probably would have Mm -hmm. um I did not know a lot about Cambodia going into it um but yeah I think I was just mostly excited for it Yeah. yeah and I would have to agree um I think first like day or two I was definitely running on a lot of like adrenaline excitement didn't know what to expect um I could only really like imagine what it would be like but um it, I mean, it pretty much matched what I had in mind, and mm-hmm. I, it was, um, I mean, I think we'll talk more about just how our expectations were, like, met um, in Cambodia a little bit later, but it was just, like, um, I really didn't have, like, a whole lot of expectations. I can only imagine what it was going to be like, and, mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, it exceeded my expectations, so, yeah. yeah. I had never been, like, to this part of the world, Mm -hmm. like, to Asia, and so, yeah, definitely didn't know what to expect, but Mm -hmm. it was good, it was good. That's great, because I know that part of the world is populated and is Mm -hmm. very different from America, like, way different in terms of, like, their cultural customs, Mm -hmm. just the way they conduct themselves. I don't really know too much about that culture, but I heard it's uh, the different... You know, they, had, they definitely have a different type of lifestyle, like mm-hmm. very honor-shame culture type of environment. Yes. 
And so. And we saw that a lot. Yeah, we observed that uh, everywhere we went. Yeah. So, which leads me to my next question. How did you prepare yourself to travel overseas into a different country? Oh, <laughs> I think for me, it just took a lot of prayer, um, mm-hmm. asking the Lord to just, um, I think, maybe humble my heart in ways where um, I was letting pride get in the way of a lot of things. I think when it comes to sharing the gospel, you really have to lay lay down your life to the Lord, Lord, like use me, um, Mm -hmm. speak through me. Um, and so I think I really was asking for a humble heart, um, and just trying to lay aside my expectations too. Um, I wish I would have, um, did like prayer journaling more and just seeing like, um, the difference in what I asked the Lord, um, and just like continuing that prayer, um, journaling like throughout the trip as well. Um, I think that just would have been um, really beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just like with what Brooklyn said earlier, like researching Cambodia and their culture and religion, um, I did have the opportunity to go to um, a uh, like seminar about um, Into the Buddhist Mind, um, which shared a lot just about the Buddhist culture and religion and just um, what Buddhists do believe and um, how that affects the way that they live and the way that they communicate with others and um, how we should approach sharing the gospel with those mm-hmm. um, within the Buddhist religion. And so, um, yeah, but I wish I would have done more individual research on my own and um, would have dove into that a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Leading up to the trip, I would um, just like start to be in prayer over the students that we would minister to and just that the Lord would start to soften their hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, back like piggybacking off what Avery said, like I think it would have been a lot more beneficial if I had done more research on mm-hmm. Cambodia because they have such a um, very complex history mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as a nation that yeah. I just was never taught about. Mm-hmm. And so going into that, I kind of wish I would have had more background knowledge on that history because it affects them to this day. Mm-hmm. And then also um, just more knowledge on what Buddhism looks like. Because yeah. I had never really um, interacted with someone who was Buddhist. I had never really known much about the religion. Um, but at the same time, I think not knowing a lot allowed me to genuinely ask questions mm-hmm. to the yes. students and yeah. get to hear what Buddhism is like from someone who is a practicing Buddhist. And so um, I would, in hindsight, like prepare myself more to be no- more knowledgeable about the culture because... Um, like you mentioned, like it is such like an honor based culture, which mm-hmm. I don't feel like in America we experience that as much or to the extent that they are like. But mm-hmm. like when you say thank you, you bow your head. And mm-hmm. yeah. so that was something that Avery and I both kind of we picked it up quickly, but we going in were very like oblivious to that. Yeah. And just kind of were like you could tell we were just Americans. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but it also was just a cool opportunity for both of us to learn about the culture and ask questions. And yeah. I can remember like the first time we learned how to say thank you Akun. in their language. We were like Akun. so excited yes. and the waiter was so excited. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. That's actually good insight. I love that you both shared that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, because it's so important when someone goes overseas to have that curiosity in them. Yes, it's okay to learn about their specific culture, but also when you actually arrive at the destination, 
just asking those intentional questions about who they are as people. Yeah. I love that you said that because mm-hmm. it's it shows that you actually care for them as mm-hmm. an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. Rather than just coming in like, hey, I know this about you. Is this true? It kind of it kind of comes off in a way where it's like, I kind of want to get to know you, but I see you more as a project. Yeah. And so I'm glad that you both said that. Mm-hmm. I think that's important for you, dear listener, to know when you go overseas, if that's what the Lord is calling you to do, to really take time, yes, to learn about the culture, but also come in with a humble heart mm-hmm. and be curious, mm-hmm. be intentional. I know that's something that we did in the Dominican Republic. I, I did my research of knowing about the culture because even though my culture is a little little different, Salvadoran culture is very different in Dominican culture, it was still helpful to know somewhat of what they do. But at the same time, yeah. when I got there, it's like, whoa, this is a little bit different than I was expecting. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, the same way of just like with our desire to know the Lord more, it's like a a way of serving others by getting mm-hmm. to know them. And um, it's actually funny because um, I've been reading through Psalms 133, um, and it talks a lot about that, of just um, when you gain understanding about other people, about their culture, about their religion. Um, you know how to better serve them. Um, kind of makes me think of like mm-hmm. love languages. When you get to know someone better, mm-hmm. um, you get to know their love languages. And I think it's, it is so important to really, like you said, ask those intentional questions and to get to know them about, I mean, honestly, just as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And through that, they get to know like you and what you're passionate about, which like, they get to know that you're passionate about Jesus and about who he is and how he's done, um, like worked wonders in your life. And so I think that's just something that I also going into the trip, I didn't have that mindset of, um, I'm here to get to know them in an intentional way. I had a, I, I would say I had a really hard time wrapping my head around that Mm -hmm. because I thought we were just going there to share the gospel, but we really just were going there to, um, transfer their head knowledge about the Bible and getting to show them what it tangibly looks like Mm -hmm. to love and to serve others well, um, Mm -hmm. just as Christ does for us. And so, um, yeah, I think that was one thing that I really like took away from the trip and something I feel like our team really got to discuss. And I thought it was just so cool. Um, and just today as I'm continuing to learn that, um, just through discipleship. Um, and so, yeah. That's great, Avery. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pulled up this passage from first Corinthians chapter nine. I think what you two just said emulates really well with Paul, with Paul had to say here. Um, so in this context, he's like speaking about that he makes this his aim to share the gospel. Um, but this is what he says, starting in verse 17. Um, actually, let me start back in verse 15. But I have used none of these things, and I am not writing these things so that it will be done so in my case. For it would be better for me to die than have any man make my boast an empty one. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For I am under compulsion. For woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. We must preach the gospel. For if I do this voluntarily, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have a stewardship entrusted to me. What is then my reward? That when I preach the gospel, I may offer, I'm sorry, I may offer the gospel without charge. So as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. 
For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I may win more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, so that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, though not being myself under the law, um, so that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, though not being without the law of good, but under the law of Christ, so I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became weak. So that my win the week. I have become all things to all men, so that by all means, I may by all means save some. I do all things for the sake of the gospel, so that I be, may become a fellow partaker of it. I know that was a very lengthy passage, a lot of repetitive <laughs> phrases, but what you just, what you two just said, encompasses that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are called by Christ to share the gospel, but at the same time, we are called to become weak essentially Mm -hmm. like figuratively like understanding where someone has been Mm -hmm. understanding who they are and understanding maybe their culture to reach them because paul's aim was to win people to christ Mm -hmm. and sometimes Mm -hmm. that means he he had to humble himself to get to a point where he can earn the right to be heard to share the gospel even though in the back of his mind he has been charged by god to go proclaim the gospel to all nations. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that Paul would say today to anyone that wants to go on mission, get to know people for who they are so you can share the gospel with him and have the right to have this gospel preached yeah, to them. absolutely. And so, all righty, here's my next question. What were your expectations as you came into this mission trip? So, dear listener, if you've heard the episode Getaway, summer break on mission, you're going to hear the very same questions that I asked those students that I'm asking Avery in Brooklyn here. Honestly, um, I really didn't have a lot of expectations. I think one of the main expectations I had was just like God was going to move, not only in the students' lives and hearts, but also in mine. Um, But yeah, other than that, I wouldn't say like, I had a long list of expectations. Mm-hmm. I kind of just was having like an open mind um, going into it. Like open hands. Yes, open hands is a perfect illustration of that. Um, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I would have to agree since I've never been out of the, like, I hadn't been out of the country. Um, I think I was just like, Lord, like, like I was bringing that to him. Like, Lord, I, I don't know what to expect. Um, just... Um, I mean, I know that he can do big things, and I think that yeah. was something that I was reminded of, of just even in the um, even in the little moments, to be observant of the big ways that he's moving um, amongst the kids' smiles and the teachers and just seeing how they're being blessed um, just by us getting to interact with the kids and um, just sharing Christ's love with them. Um, so, yeah, I think I was just really asking the Lord to, like, allow me to be um, more observant of mm-hmm. the ways that he was moving um, in um, such a different culture. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Um, Avery and I also kind of didn't really know what to expect going into it of, like, the structure and things. Yeah. Um, for the listeners, like, we were throwing a summer camp, essentially, yeah. modeled after one week, which is the camp that our 
student ministry throws. I went to it. Yes, <laughs> Joey, it was was, Joey was there. Um, and so me and Avery actually met at one week when mm-hmm. we were both in high school. And so I thought that it's was kind of like a full a circle, sweet, full circle yeah. like, experience mm-hmm. of like, we met as students in one week and now we're kind of throwing um, a camp base and modeled around that yeah. in a different country. So that was really cool. But we kind of going into it, didn't know what to expect, how many students would be there. We got like a rough number of how much to account for and like we knew the lesson plans but we didn't really have a lot of like knowledge of each day by day yeah you you didn't know what was gonna happen yeah like we they could give us a structure but Mm -hmm. you know something on that you have to learn on mission trips is you have to be flexible Mm. and so you can't just (laughs) go in with this mindset of like it's gonna be like this and this and this because one the holy spirit starts to move and things can you know, change last minute or someone can yeah. get sick and yeah. you're just thrown into something. And, um, so I think going into it, not having so many expectations allowed for us to, um, really just enjoy the moment we were in and just let the Holy Spirit come in and just be guided by the Holy Spirit. And I would say like having less expectations allowed for me to enjoy the process mm-hmm. more. I would agree. Um, mm-hmm. so That's yeah. good. I love that you say, said flexible mm-hmm. because, when you're on mission, especially if you're engaging with a different culture, you, you don't know what you're going to expect. Yeah. And so sometimes you just have to come in, Lord, I'm coming in with open hands. I don't know, ex- I don't know exactly what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I'm entrusting myself to you. It's almost like a position of humility. Yeah, for sure. And also just having this deep understanding that God is going to be the one that guides you mm-hmm. as you're ministering. Yeah. In places that are different than you're used to ministering yeah. to. Sometimes yeah. it's just as simple as showing up and just allowing the Lord to use you in any way that He He wants. Yeah. Um, and just having a heart posture of, like, Lord, use me for your glory. Mm. And I think that was just one of the things I, like, really learned. So mm-hmm. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. And so I'm not going to ask you guys these two qu- next two questions because, I mean, obviously you didn't have any expectations. But I do want to ask you this in terms of, like, in your time in the country. Um, when you went to Cambodia, what were some differences? It's not on the script. What were some differences that you've noticed from American culture versus their culture? Like, it can even be, like, things like not drinking out of a water faucet. Well, the big thing with Cambodia is their water is yeah. very um, different than ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have to drink purified mm-hmm. water from, like, bottles and stuff. Yeah. And that was something that was very, um, very different. We brush our teeth, brush our teeth with water, water bottles, bottles, wash our face with water bottles. Yeah. Um, but also another thing is, like the humidity and the climate Mm -hmm. is very different there. And so we were like constantly like drinking electrolytes and trying to stay on top of our water intake because it was so easy to Mm -hmm. get dehydrated. You would step outside and you were already sweating. Yes. (laughs) It was just, I will never complain about the humidity. Because their humidity is just so much um, Mm -hmm. more worse than ours. And so that makes three of us. Yeah. (laughs) That was a big thing is just their water. Um, and just how unclean, mm-hmm. like, their water is. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else? I don't know. They would have, 
I think these were the monsoons, but we were yeah. there during monsoon, monsoon season. season. So, oh. for like for thirty minutes each day, it would just pour. You like couldn't flat see out pour. Out. Yeah, like. but what was like the most amazing thing about that though is after each like um, downpour was a double rainbow. Yes, and we saw many rainbows. We like got so excited every single time. It was just the sweetest like yes. moment. It reminds so. me of this memory like that is I hold very dear to my heart. Yes. It was like our last day. We were flying out oh in goodness. the night, and we were in a group text with like a lot of the young adults on this trip and someone sent a picture and it was a double rainbow and so mm-hmm. we like ran outside and we could see this like beautiful double rainbow and me and Avery and one of our friends we were just like screaming because it was so beautiful but it was really just I feel like very symbolic of mm-hmm. God's yes. promise to his people mm. um it was literally a couple hours before we left trip, yeah. and so it was the very end and throughout the week we had seen multiple rainbows and so I felt like that was like God's like promised his people and mm. very symbolic. That is very sure. symbolic. Yeah. And I thought it was funny because like we were like the only people like getting so excited <laughs> yeah. about like everyone else was just going about their day. Yes. And <laughs> we were like, Americans were like, oh my God, Yeah. <laughs> Take a selfie of it. Yes. yes. No, I have like multiple pictures of Brooklyn and our friend Maylee like jumping up and down. And um, I think we even started singing like worship music because we did just oh in gosh, all of like that. God's awesome. creation, and that was just yes. such a sweet memory that I like I hold. That's yes. great. But that was definitely like the climate and stuff was a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just also like the driving and everything there. It's it's a lot like no how rules. I would picture India Absolutely is to no be. Rules. There's Bro. just <laughs> lots of motorcycles and crossing the streets a little intimidating and mm-hmm. so it's just a very um congested city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We live in the suburbs so we're not really like used to that. But that was definitely like, Yeah, we took like their version of a taxi called a tuk tuk. Mm-hmm. Um and I could literally put like my hand out the little like window Window. and like I could touch a car like that's how they like close they were and like they're starting and stopping and it was just like that's crazy it was crazy I was I think that was the number one thing I was like whoa okay here we go like definitely the driving is different yes I can definitely relate to that in my experience riding what they call a wawa bus (laughs) in Spanish Dominican Spanish yeah um we would be driving really close to these big semi trucks in the capital Santo Domingo and it's like what are these people doing? Right. It's just like, what do they call it? Like organized chaos. Like, yes, it's just, for sure. Like everyone like, is a part of it. Every Cambodian like, knows the rules of the road. Yes. But to us, it looks like there is no rules yes. of the road. <laughs> so I don't think I'm ever going to complain again about traffic. Right. No, <laughs> exactly. For sure. And yeah. the humidity as well. The Dominican was the same way with mm-hmm. all the humidity because it's in the tropics. And yeah. so is Cambodia. Yeah. Right. I would say on the other end, we saw a lot of similarities between, like, the Cambodian culture and just the Western culture as well. Um, The area we were in, um, there was, I felt like a lot of, like, the people were kind of Westernized. Yeah, they, they like, knew what we were talking about. Yeah. And so... They knew, like, what... I guess, like, our pop culture is. Like, Mm -hmm. they knew all about, like, the artists that popular yeah (laughs) i think um social media is really the main Mm -hmm. reason like Mm -hmm. tiktok is very popular over there i feel like a lot of the kids had like technology and 
we would be like on the street and just like a little kids on his phone yeah and it's just kind of normal there which me and Avery were very thrown off by that just yeah the use of like technology and mm-hmm. how a lot of them like they want to come to America. And yeah. yeah. I had a student and he, he wants to come to America so he can go to like Target and Walmart. And <laughs> oh, I'm wow. like, oh, really? Like, yeah. I can go there. It's like just a it's store. Like but they like hear and they see like social media and they see these American things and they, they like, they want to experience that. And so I feel like a lot of the people like feel like are trying to become more westernized Mm -hmm. yeah i think it allowed me like a newfound like appreciation for social media just because like we get to stay in touch with Mm -hmm. um our kids um and um we get to talk to them whenever we want and Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was something where you would just go like out on the streets and you would see a lot of people um on their phone and um yeah tiktok was a very big thing yes um but I think, yeah, there are some perks to that, though, because mm-hmm. we, like, can communicate with them, and they're, you know, all the way across the world, so. Yeah. Yeah, in, in, in an instant, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a lot of things that you guys have experienced in a different country, and it's really good to hear the differences between Western culture and culture out there in East Asia. Mm-hmm. And so that's good for my listeners to notice, like, hey, if you ever go to a different culture, like, just... Things are going to be different than what you're used to. Um, you probably won't see a lot of Starbucks. You probably won't see Dunkin' Donuts. We did see a Starbucks, though, didn't we? Yeah, in we Phnom saw, Penn. like, one in yeah. the capital. <laughs> one? Wow. Yeah, and then I think there was one in the town that we were staying in as well. Probably. In but the mall, yeah. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't yeah. experience that, though. And so, yeah, just be, like, if you ever desire to go on mission, dear listener, like, this is something that you may want to keep in mind as you go, like... Things are going to be just really different, yes. which is yes. actually a good segue to my next question. Did you experience culture shock while in Cambodia? Honestly, not as much as I thought I would. Uh, a lot of things were in English, too, yes. which helped me just to know what exactly I was doing. Um, like when it came to like finding the um, supermarket, like it was in English and the airport all in English and so yeah. I think that relieved a little bit of my stress going in of just like um not everything was where I couldn't understand it like a lot mm-hmm. of things I could understand so mm-hmm. yeah I think they a lot of times they would see us and they'd be like oh they're Americans and they would switch to English and so mm. because of that I think we were able to navigate a lot but it also helped that like we had gone with a group and some of the people had come like for the past couple years mm-hmm. to the same town so they're kind of mm-hmm. more familiar with it and knew their way around certain things so I think that helped but I would say um the first like couple days were a little shocking just being in the capital and um also, just like adjusting to the like time, time team, zone, the yeah. time zone was a oh, little yeah, rough. Yeah, check lag. Yeah, so they are twelve hours ahead of like our time zone, and so when we got there, I bet was, y'all were tired. Yeah, it didn't yeah. really hit me until the next day, and we were. Yeah. I was like, I have to stay awake. I have to stay awake. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would say physically, I felt more of a shock than just like the cultural shock um, going there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think we kind of touched a lot on, like, things that were shocking to us with, like, the traffic and the technology. Yeah. But, like, 
other than that, it wasn't too crazy. Yeah. 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 And then culture shock is actually a real thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people who go on mission overseas sometimes experience culture shock because mm-hmm. their culture that they go to is so different than what they're used to. Right. I can speak on behalf of the students that went to the Dominican Republic. In their case, things were not in English other than like the airport. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we went, everything was in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our students, but one, spoke Spanish. And so they had to rely on me a couple of our staff and volunteers that spoke Spanish and also a couple interpreters that we hired. And for them, it's like, oh, I don't know what that says. Yeah. How do I find the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know what the sign says. I don't know what they're saying. Because sometimes, like, I know in my, my recent mission trip, a lot of the kids that we interacted with wanted to talk to our students. But, like, could you tell them this? And the students that we brought would want us to tell the students, like, tell them I said this. Mm-hmm. And so, and for some of them, it shocked them. It's like, whoa, I was not expecting this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you experienced that when you went to the village. Would you yeah, feel like that? So we, um, the camp that we threw was with a school that is an English school. Mm-hmm. And so what will happen is a lot of these Cambodian families send their kids to learn English mm-hmm. um, because they really just want their kids to know that language. And so... The camp that we threw, all the kids knew English. So we didn't experience that language barrier through the, like, camp. But one of the days um, we went to a village that was about, like, an hour away. We had Mm -hmm. to take, like, a bus there and then a little boat and then a tractor ride to get to the village. So it was a lot more secluded. It wasn't city. And a lot of those kids did not know English. And we Mm -hmm. had maybe, like, three translators. And so... um, I kind of got to experience that with those kids because I was trying to, like, interact with them, but they barely knew anything that I was saying, and I didn't know any of, like, the things they were saying. And so it's definitely challenging when you can't communicate, but Mm -hmm. I also think, like, you're able to still have a connection with someone even if you can't speak with them. And so that was really cool, We how we were able to, like, build relationships even though we were just playing with them and having fun with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say that was the only experience with like a language barrier that I had. And I was like, I wish like I knew how to speak in their language, but mm-hmm. I just, I didn't. And so I think in those situations, you have to just let like the Holy Spirit work. And yeah. I think that even though I can't use my words, they could still see Jesus like in me. Yeah. So. They can see how you are intentional with mm-hmm. them in different ways with how you engage with them with like just interacting with them. Yeah. Sure. I like that you said that because it just shows like we're all one human race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though we speak different languages, like the Lord still uses us to reach people even though we don't speak their like native language those people can see like wow there's something different about this person he actually or she actually takes time to interact with me even though we have no idea what we're saying yeah and so that's powerful yeah Yeah, thanks for sharing that oh sorry all right here's my next question how do you believe this mission trip has changed your life we'll be back after a brief break Hey, what's up, everyone? We really appreciate you listening to episodes here on Tethered. If you've been impacted in any way by these episodes, please subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date on when episodes drop. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, will you please consider rating this podcast 
in your favorite podcasting app. Please leave us a comment. Finally, please share this podcast with your friends and family on social media or however you share things. We would really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Tethered. Now back to the episode. I think there's a lot of things for me, and I feel like I've probably I've already touched on um, many of them. But um, I think the best way I can answer this question is just I just I really learned honestly a lot um, about my relationship with the Lord as well, um, and. I think that was really cool where I was going in with a heart posture of like, oh, I'm going to serve others. But the Lord's like, no, I want to show how, um, like, I'm serving you every day as well. And mm-hmm. um, I think also just, um, like I said earlier, a humble heart of like, Lord, I want you to use me. Um, or even like a desperate cry, just like, Lord, I, I need you to use me in this moment. Um, um and I think that can be true for a lot of people in a workplace or um, within family situations. And so I think that really just um, opened my eyes to a lot of different aspects of my life where I need to ask the Lord, of like, Lord, I want you to use me um, every anywhere I go. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, across the world, but just even mm. um, in my everyday life, wherever I step foot in like just allow me to um shine your light and so um I think that was um one of the biggest things too yeah I feel like uh this missions trip really just put like um a lot of things into perspective for me I feel like before go like going I knew that we needed the gospel, mm-hmm. and like I, obviously I know that that like we need the gospel so much, but to go there and to see like these students and to make relationships with them, um, and be able to like have personal relationships with them, mm-hmm. and knowing like they are Buddhist and they won't go to heaven, it, it makes me think of. Um, John fourteen six when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, like remembering that verse and then seeing these students that we like are having so much fun with and building relationships with and knowing like without them like coming to know the Lord, like I'm not going to see them in heaven. Mm. And it's, you hear that when you hear about like, like the nations that like don't have the gospel and don't have access to it. And it's like, it's a burden that the Lord puts Mm -hmm. on our hearts. But I feel like whenever you personally know someone in that, like Mm. that is just a lot heavier to like know these students by name and know like Mm. if they don't accept the Lord, like I'm not going to see them in heaven. And like, that is very heavy. And so I feel like the Lord really like gave me like a burden for that. Um, on this trip that mm-hmm. I mean me and Avery have talked about like this and you know we've cried about this together like we truly do have like a burden for these children and so that changed my life like knowing more personally these students that you know that they don't know the Lord and they don't know the goodness and they know the stories of the Bible and it's head knowledge but to them that's not something they believe in and so it changed um, just my perspective and mm. it's helped me to be more intentional in my prayers because now I can pray for them by name yeah. whereas before like you can pray for the nation of Cambodia but yeah. now I know like 
I still remember every one of my students' names and mm -hmm. faces. And so, like, I can intentionally pray for each student. Mm. And I know, like, their stories and I know, like, what they believe because I was just very intentional with, like, asking each student, like, what do you believe? Because it's a mix. There's some students at this school who are Christian. Majority of them are Buddhist or come from Buddhist families. And then there's quite a few of students who are atheists because they're hearing, yeah. like, their families are saying yeah. like Buddhism's the way and then their mm. school is preaching the gospel and they're kind of like at this place of like what do I believe in or I don't really even want to believe in either of them and so mm -hmm. we did have like a lot of the older students I feel like were atheists and so mm -hmm. um, knowing like the students personally and just it allows me to be more intentional with like praying mm. for them but I would say that really did change me when I came yeah. back home of like knowing like just the depth of the gospel and like just the importance of how much we need it. Yeah. I love that you said that Brooklyn. You actually answered my next question that you returned from Cambodia for a new perspective on life. That's good. It's different when you know the statistic about someone that lives in that part of the world and mm -hmm. Cambodia is in a 1040 window. Am I correct about yes. that? Yes. And so we know that there's 3 billion people who have, no access to the gospel in that region. And each of those three billion people have a name. Mm -hmm. And it's, like you just said, very different when you actually know their name and you know that they may not be in a relationship with Jesus when they pass away from this earth in heaven. Mm -hmm. And that's actually really scary to think about. Yeah. Like, this is why we go on mission, is to go share the good news of Jesus that... God is holy. God is good. God is righteous. He's also just. Mm -hmm. And he created us for a purpose to know him and to make him known. But mm -hmm. the problem is we can't know him because of our sin. Our sin taints us from having this relationship with Jesus. And because of that, we actually deserve the wrath of God. But because God desired for us to have that relationship with him, he made a way for us to be saved, and that is by sending his son, who we believe to be fully God, fully man. Mm -hmm. And he sent him to live a perfect life, die the death that we deserve, absorb the wrath of God that we deserve. Mm -hmm. And he took that on himself because that is how much he loved us. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we get to have a relationship with God if we confess with our mouth that he is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And then also if we repent from our sin and also confide exclusively in Jesus alone, just like 14, John 14, 6 says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, mm -hmm. exclusively. Like people need to hear that this God who made everything we know to exist at the same time offers a solution for us to come to him broken and weary and heavy laden. He wants to give him rest from that act of religion including buddhism which buddhism is a works-based religion yeah it yeah. gives them freedom and the fact that that's what we get to proclaim in places like cambodia in the 1040 window each of these people that live there have a name and they need to know that message yeah mm -hmm. and that's what you guys came in with give it providing them that hope mm -hmm. yeah yeah thanks for sharing that and so here's my next question for you two how was life for you as you returned to the United States from Cambodia? I think 
for me, I struggled with more like reverse culture shock than I did mm-hmm. like actual actually going and experiencing like culture shock. Like I, we talked about this earlier today of just the, um, we feel like as Americans, we don't um, like acknowledge or respect each other um, in the way that um, like the Cambodians did, like anywhere you would go, bowing your head and just acknowledging like their presence even. Um, it was just a very um, like admirable, very respectful thing that I just thought was really cool about um, their culture. And so <laughs> I was just sharing this with Brooklyn at dinner. It's just like when I got back, I like watched, walked into TJ Maxx and like wanted to like bow my head at like everyone that I like saw. <laughs> Um, and so I think it was just a little bit more of a reverse culture shock for me, um, mm-hmm. and, um, just struggling to like as fully immersing yourself in a culture that's so different and then coming back to what, um, you knew, I think my eyes were opened a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I didn't really experience a ton of reverse culture shock, um, about a year ago, though, I did go on, like, a five-month-long mission trip, and when I got back to the U.S. after that, I really did experience, like, a lot of the same things that Avery experienced. This time around, I think I kind of knew what it was like to come back home, and so mm-hmm. I was more mentally prepared, um, but adjusting back to life for me was a little different about I was home for one day, and then I left again to go, like, on a vacation, mm-hmm. and so for me, I feel like I just didn't really get to process the trip until after I had gotten back from vacation. And then at that point, like, I had been in the U.S. for, like, mm-hmm. a, a bit. And so um, I didn't experience as much, like, reverse culture shock. But I definitely did notice, like, as soon as we got to, like, the American, like, airport, like, just the pace of life is very different. Yeah. Yeah. and. Uh, I feel like we're a lot more, like, into ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, Avery mentioned, like, the honor system's different here. Yeah. And so that is something that I did notice as well when I got yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reverse culture shock is a real thing. Avery just described what some of her experience was like in, with that. And I know for me, when I got back from the Dominican... I definitely experienced culture shock when I got back to Missouri. Not so much when I got back to the U.S. because Mm -hmm. I had the fortunate um, thing that I actually got back in Miami. And if you guys know something about Miami, Miami is 70% Hispanic. Miami-Dade County, that's the amount of Hispanics that live just in that county alone. So everything was in Spanish but also English. But it was more just getting used to being back in the flow of like, wow, people are actually driving like normal again. (laughs) (laughs) But it's when I got back to Missouri where it's like, whoa, I actually can drink water out of the faucet. I can take a shower with hot water. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I don't have to drink, I don't have to brush my teeth with a bottle of water. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then even just getting used to American money again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say that's been the case for me but for some people that go overseas, it's like they come back and they're just honestly like upset at American culture mm-hmm. because of how different it is in comparison to other parts of the world. And I know for some people, like if they 
especially been to a country where it's extremely impoverished mm. and they come back to a place where everything seems to be people have lots of money. Yeah. It's like, wow, I have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. And I'm so thankful to be where I am, but other parts of the world don't have what I have. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to know that a lot of the world lives on less than $1 a day, but when you actually see it, it's different and you have and you come back to a place where like wow a dollar here goes a long way yeah like a dollar here is like nothing Mm -hmm. to me but in some places it goes a long ways yeah and I think that was something too where um I didn't really like experience a lot of culture shocks they took the American dollar like Everywhere we went, I was able to use my card. Yeah, we were able to pay with, like, yeah. American dollars. And yeah. we were able to get more out of it because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was worth more. And, um, like, something else I experienced, like, they didn't have near as many, like, options or, like, choices that we have here in America. Like, um, you could go into the grocery store and you only had so many um, choices on, you know, mm-hmm snacks or whatever like yeah and here it's such a wide variety yeah um and so I think it it opened my eyes to how living a simpler life Mm -hmm. um allows you to slow down and to um just get to live in the wonders of you know the Lord's creation and Mm -hmm. how it is so beautiful and Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah thanks for sharing that thank you all right starting to transition here in this conversation. So how has taking this mission trip helped you stay tethered to, or you could say abide in Jesus and will help you continue to do so after this trip? I don't know. Like there's just a lot of things that I think changed my perspective and my like, I'm just, I feel a lot more grateful to the Lord because Mm. of these experiences. Um, I feel like getting to observe what Christianity looks like in a country that's predominantly Buddhist and like the lack of community that there is has really made me appreciate, you know, the people that the Lord's put in my life Mm. and that is my community back home um, and my church family. Um, and so I feel like just the perspective of like, like an outside view has made me just, you know, desire my time with the Lord more. And, um, before going on the trip, my like daily abiding, like I would abide daily, but sometimes I would just get busy and Mm -hmm. push it off and like still abide in the Lord, but it was just kind of was getting caught up in the busyness of life and then taking the two weeks to step out of just like my busyness and just you know my routine and then to go to this country and get to see and then come back I was able to just put into practice like my time with the Lord and just how special it is um and then also just like how special community is and it made me Mm. you know just my affections for God to grow more Mm-hmm. After that, yeah, I think I um, gain a big heart posture of gratitude, mm-hmm. like um, what you're talking about. 
I think also just um, a mindset of like I, I'm not the one saving mm-hmm. people. Um, uh, it's not my responsibility, but with what you guys were talking about earlier, it's like our urgency. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think with that, um, I just have been trying to put into practice of like before um, I go into work or before I go into a conversation um, that I'm nervous to you know go into, um, just really praying and seeking the Lord um, for wisdom mm-hmm. and for um, His word to speak through me um and just so that i'm not relying on my own strength mm-hmm. um because i think that was another thing i really experienced every day yeah. we were go 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 mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you like if you were relying on your own strength then yeah i i mean i would have been cranky every I single mean, day not only yeah. were we go go yeah. going but like also physically we were like drained yeah with yes. just like uh-huh. the climate and dehydration and it's exhausting like that. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I think it really just taught me of just relying on the Lord for mm-hmm. all that I do, and that, um, like our strength isn't comparable to yeah. like the strength of Jesus, and just, um, yeah. So that just a heart posture of a, a really big change of heart posture for me. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. So. That's good. I love that you both said that. Just infusing yourself to his word and infusing yourself to just spending time with him in prayer, mm-hmm. engaging with him in that way. Um, it's just so key, especially if you're taking the gospel to another part of the world. Yeah. Because like you both just said, it can be exhausting because you're just going, going, going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can only derive so much strength from yourself, but ultimately, I mean, you got to derive your strength from the Lord because he's the one that grants you that strength and ability to even go and share his word, share his love. Mm -hmm. And so that's good. I love that you both said that. And so do you believe your worship of God has increased because of this trip? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me... My worship has definitely, like, increased, I think, seeing not only just, like, God's people, even the ones that are lost. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, the Lord has given me a heart for the people of Cambodia now. But to also see his creation in Mm -hmm. that country, Cambodia, is, like, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. We talked about how it rains all the time. So it's very lush and very green. Mm. Yes. And so um, getting to see, like, his creation there has also just made me just like humble myself before like God of just like the creator of this world and so I feel like Mm -hmm. I am getting to worship not just in the sense of like reading his word and like you know praying and music and stuff but like worshiping like his creation and stuff like that Mm -hmm. I think has just been so cool to like see that Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense it does it does yeah no and I would have to agree um I think with the more like literal like term of worship like we were able to go to a Kamai speaking um church service and I think even then just to sit amongst other believers who I may not be able to communicate with but we are all there for the same reason Mm -hmm. to worship our Lord and Savior like I think I think that just allowed me to just sit back and just, like, say thank you. Like, 
um, I, I think that was just a really big thing of just, like I said earlier, heart posture of gratitude, but just um, getting to see tangibly, um, I think with a lot of what you were saying about community, but getting to worship with and amongst others who um, don't look the same, don't talk the same. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it was something so special. Yeah. And then um, we also got to go to an English-speaking um, church service and um, getting to do praise and worship just together. Like some of the teachers, some of the girls in our group, um, they all led worship together. And it was just so sweet. And um, I just am just going to forever remember yeah. um, that uh, church service. And so I, uh, yeah, I think that just really... It just allowed me to say, like, thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. And so, yeah. Yeah, And that just kind of, like, reminds me of just, like, we are one body in Christ. Um, I think it's so amazing that, like, the Lord meets us where we're at. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we went to a church service where we didn't understand anything that was being said. Mm -hmm. But we were able, I mean, for me personally, like I very much felt the Lord's presence in that church service, even though I didn't know what the preacher was saying. But like, because I was like with like God's people and the Holy Spirit was just present, like I I Mm -hmm. did feel like close to the Lord during that. And I was able to just like be in prayer during it. Um, And just like, I think that, was so special that like there's people that don't even speak our language but God speaks to them still and yeah. God speaks to us still and God knows all the languages yeah. and he created those languages exactly. and so that was just so special to me and I've experienced that in different countries of like mm. those people hear God and they they understand like the gospel and so it makes me just like excited to yes. taste of heaven. Um, yes. When we went to the English speaking service, there was like a lot of missionaries there from different mm-hmm. countries all yeah. over, and so it was just like a little taste of what mm-hmm. heaven's going to be like with like all the tribes in the nation. Yeah. What was like it? Did I say Revelation seven nine? I think it was. Don't, the verse that's like every nation, tribe, and tongue. tongue. <laughs> um, like yeah. Worship the don't Lord. Don't beat me to that, by the way. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Which I'll get there in a little bit, but... Okay. Yeah. And just, like, like you said, with the excitement, getting to see, like, how the Lord is working, like, let alone in Cambodia, like, mm-hmm. without, you know, you know, without us there, just, like, getting to see that a glimpse of how he truly is working 24-7 yeah. there. Um, we got to meet some of, like, I think we got to meet a missionary in Phnom Penh, which was the capital, and... Um, and she kind of just showed us around um, the area, and it was just super sweet. And just to yeah. see that, like, um, God seeing so what mean. her ministry like yeah. field looked like, and um, yeah, yeah, so. it it can be discouraging going to a country where like Christianity is the minority. Avery yeah. um, and I were talking about at dinner, like you can go like just a mile down the road, and you're gonna see multiple churches yeah. along your way, and. I mean, part of it might be because we're in, like, the Bible Belt. Yeah. But also, like, (laughs) it's just not uncommon to see a church here. And in Cambodia, the equivalent of that is Buddhist temples. You just see a lot of Buddhist temples. And so it can be quite discouraging going to a country like that and being like, is God even, like, moving here? Which, obviously, that's a a dumb question. The Lord's always moving. Mm -hmm. But, like, it can be very discouraging of, like, 
you know, what's happening here? Like, everyone here is Buddhist, it seems. But then you get to see those glimpses of, like, the Lord's goodness and how he is moving. And mm. there is missionaries there. And there also is Cambodian people that have, like, professed the Lord yeah. as their Savior. And, like, they're ministering to those people. I mean, we just went for two weeks. So, obviously, you know, we just saw, like, a glimpse of what he's doing. Mm. But, like, he is moving in that country. And he's answering prayers. He's answering prayers. And yeah. there's people, like now back in Missouri that are praying for this nation yeah. Yeah. Um, and people who have supported us, who we've gotten to share stories of, who are now praying for this nation. And so I think um, going to that country and just, I don't know about Avery, but I did feel like a little discouraged at first of like, oh, you yeah, know, like, I, I mean, that was also a culture shock just because Christianity, I mean, is still kind of prevalent in America and it's not, as uncommon as it is in Cambodia. And so I think going there and still seeing that the Lord is moving was so encouraging, Mm -hmm. but it also humbled me a lot of like, I don't even know like the depths of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just a human. Like Mm -hmm. I can only see with my two eyes and, Mm -hmm. but like God, he knows everything. Mm -hmm. He is all powerful and all knowing and Mm -hmm. he is moving. And so I think that's something to get excited about. Um, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you both for sharing that perspective because I know when I hear that, it just makes me want to just value God even more for Mm -hmm. the fact that we even get a chance to know him. We get to hear his word preached in our pulpits. We get to hear his word sang in our congregations and we get Mm -hmm. a chance to share his good news with people here. Whereas in countries like Cambodia, I mean, you do have, like you just said, missionaries there you get to hear believers share the gospel hear the bible being preached worship being sung in a different language Mm -hmm. but the fact that we're all united as one body in christ and we'll get to worship god forever in heaven which revelation 7 9 says this after these things i looked and behold a great multitude which no one could count from every nation in all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. It's going to be a party, y'all. It's going to be a big time party. (laughs) And so with all sorts of different languages being sung. And so I know this gets me fired up to just continue just to praise the Lord in this season in in many Mm -hmm. ways. Just enjoy God for who he is. And Mm -hmm. you kind of already answered a little bit of how this trip has caused you to enjoy God more. It's just having that perspective like you just said like just seeing how other cultures interact with god mm-hmm. has caused you both to just increase your enjoyment of god more mm-hmm. yeah. that's awesome mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that all right we're getting ready to wrap up here and so avery you're in college yeah. and then brooklyn you're college aged mm-hmm. what would you say to the college age person who wants to travel overseas on a mission trip go Uh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) if the Lord is providing like the opportunity, I would say go. 
Yeah. Um, I think we, like, if you're, like, you know, really wondering, like, should I go? I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, you move there. Like, there mm-hmm. are short-term mission trips mm-hmm. that you can go on. I mean, ours was just two weeks, but, like, you can go on ones that are month-long or there's so many different opportunities. But I would really just, like, challenge you to just meditate and reflect on the Great Commission, which is Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the one where it's talking about how... Um, Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, That's not, like, really a suggestion. That's more of, like, a commandment of, like, go. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't always have to mean going to a different country. I mean, you can do that right where you're at, Mm -hmm. on your college campus, or Mm -hmm. at your workplace, or Mm -hmm. even in your, like homes Mm -hmm. like the lord doesn't necessarily mean like you have to go to a different country but i think it's important that you meditate on those verses and Mm -hmm. you really just ask the lord what that means in your life Mm -hmm. and if he's opening doors to go like do it because it will challenge you it will grow you but it will be so rewarding and you're you really just get to see the lord in a different way than you would here um but yeah, I would say do it. Go for it. I 100% agree with everything you just said. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there are so many ways that we can, as believers, um, work here amongst our own community, mm-hmm. people that we do life with, um, and just encouraging them well and um, serving them and all of that. But um, yeah, I definitely say if you have the opportunity, um, pray about it but yeah um take it into serious consideration because the lord will he'll really give you a glimpse of just um what heaven's going to look like yeah so yeah amen and dear listener i I have resources that i can give to you if you want to be able to go on overseas mission trips so there's many ways you can go first and foremost i would ask your local church if there's any opportunities that Mm -hmm. they offer um, there's also organizations like One Link. There's also organizations like Pioneers and Navigators Crew that offer short-term summer mission trips overseas. You can talk to any of them about potential overseas mission trips opportunities. And then just pray, like mm-hmm. they both, mm-hmm. both were saying. Pray about that opportunity. And I know like some people are thinking, how much is it going to cost? <laughs> People trust are out that there to, the to Lord. support you. Yeah. yeah, there is people that like the Lord will put on their heart to support you, whether it's in prayer, financially. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I mean that was something that I stressed about. Yeah, about I was like, should I go? Like money. I mean, like mm-hmm. I don't know if I can support it, but the Lord was really faithful and He provides. Mm-hmm. And that's what the church is for. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it is all a part of going, sending, mm-hmm. and um, prayerfully. Um, just encouraging one another. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think all encompasses um, our idea of what it means to um, to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and also another thing that I thought of um, for those who are on college campuses is um, really getting involved with your um, uh, multicultural center and getting to know those people on campus who um, are international students and yeah. Um, just inviting them into your home. Um, 
I can't remember what the statistic is, and Joey might be able to help me out, but um, I think it's like 80% of international students never get the opportunity to step mm-hmm. into an American home. Mm-hmm. And that just, that amazes me. Um, I, it just saddens me as well. Um, so um, just prayerfully, if you're living on campus, off campus, asking the Lord to open up your home in any way that he yeah. can to invite those in so that they get to um, know us and we get to intentionally know them. Um, and so, yeah, really just diving deep into those international students and um, serving them in any way yeah, that you can. Sure. And also just really, you know, asking the Lord, what does it mean to live on mission? Like, what does that look like personally in your life? Um, because it it can mean, you I mean, you can live on mission when you're home. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to go. And I think that's something that, Joey, you do such a great job of living on mission here. Yes. Um, and I really just admire that about you of, like, how you're in your home and, you know, you're not being called right now to like go to a foreign country, but you're still just like living on mission and investing on, in people's lives. And so very encouraged by that. Yeah. Um, thank you. You don't have to go to mm-hmm. be on mission. And, right. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing of just take up op- like advantage of the opportunities wherever you are and Lord willing, God will call you to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah but if not, that doesn't mean you're done. Like yeah. you still, you can still live on you mission. Can still live exactly. On mission. Amen. I'm glad that you actually answered the next question. Does anyone need to travel overseas on a mission trip to please God? Because there's this stigma that people think they have to go overseas mm-hmm. in order to live on mission when you don't have to. Mm-hmm. If the Lord hasn't called you to go, um, you can do mission just where you're at. That's why season two was created because I want to show you, dear listener, that in any capacity, if you work, like I said, if you work in a restaurant, if you're a married couple, if you're a computer programmer, a lawyer, entrepreneur, teenager, engineer, whatever it is, like the Lord has called you to go share the gospel and be intentional with people in your sphere of influence because God wants to use you mm-hmm. to proclaim his word. You don't have to be a qualified person like a academic scholar or missionary or theologian, which we need those people. Yes, we do. But he wants to use you as his redeemed child to go share his word. And what qualifies you is that you're in, that you have the inheritance of the saints in light, like it says in Colossians 1, Mm -hmm. 15. Like that is what qualifies you, that you're in Christ. Mm -hmm. Nothing else needs to qualify you. And so I love that you both said that, and thank you for sharing that. And so here's my last question for you two. How can a college-age person stay tethered to Jesus right now? Does a college-age person need to take a mission trip to grow in their love and enjoyment of the Lord? Well, I don't know. Like... I'm not in college, but I am college aged. Um, and so for me, I just stay tethered by like staying in his word, mm-hmm. um, being in community with people and um, just really asking the Lord to show me, you know, like what he's trying to teach me. Yeah. Um, Avery, how do you, how do you do that? Like being in school? 
I think a lot of what you're saying, just um, abiding in his word, living amongst um, biblical community. And if you're struggling to find biblical community right now, like, don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Um, the Lord desires for you mm-hmm. to be in that. And if you're seeking that, you will find it. Um, reach out. Ask questions. Um, and um, I also encourage just being um, discipled by someone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be very important to help um, when you're wrestling with anything um, going to someone who has maybe walked through that as well um, and having those questions, diving in deep into the word um, and answering those questions together because they're not going to have the answers, but the Lord does. Um, And so, yeah, and I think to answer the second question, um, I don't think you need to take a missions trip to grow in your love and enjoyment of the Lord just because... I mean, especially in America, we are so blessed to live amongst the nations. Um, we ha- live in a very mm-hmm. diverse culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the nations could be our n- next door neighbor. Um, and so I think, I mean, yes, it can grow your love and enjoyment for the Lord. Um, but it's not the only. Yeah, yeah exactly. I 100% agree with what mm-hmm. he says. Like, obviously... The Lord will use that to grow your love, um, but it's it's not the only means of mm-hmm. growing your love. And, you know, if you don't feel like the nations are near you, I'd encourage you to look for them because they are. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think also college campuses are just um, filled with so many of the different nations because of the international students. And so mm-hmm. if you're by a college campus, Chances are you are by different nations. And yeah. So, um, sometimes you do have to go looking for it, but mm-hmm. it is there. And um, it's just, I think, so sweet how the nations are coming to us. Yeah. Sometimes um, we aren't always able to go to the nations. And the fact that the Lord is bringing them to us is just, I think, very sweet. Um, but, yeah, I would say just, like, finding community, being in discipleship, um, and if you don't, like, know what that looks like, talk to someone at your church or someone in, like, a campus ministry. I mean, they're there for you. Yeah. And they're there for that. Um, and then also just, like, the Bible is, like, our lifeline to, mm-hmm. to God. Like, he speaks to us through his word. And so um, by being in his word, we're able to, like, recognize when he is speaking to us. And um, that's just like what we should go back to. Amen. And yeah. um, so I would say just like a mixture of those things is how you can stay tethered to Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you both for sharing wisdom there. And I just want to conclude with this. Um, if you're listening to this, yes, mission trips can help you gain a bigger perspective of God's heart for the nations. And you see this theme repeated throughout scripture that God has a heart for the nation. It starts from when he created the world, when he gave the Abrahamic covenant that all nations of the earth will be blessed through him. God has always had a heart for the nations. But for you, dear listener, it all begins with just recognizing that you need God in your daily life. Take time to invest in your relationship with the Lord by just understanding how much you need Him. And what's most important, that God wants you. And that's what 
the confusion is like it's easy to forget that God wants you not because of anything that you've done it's because you can't do anything it's because he chose to make a plan to redeem you from your sinful state and to bring you back into an abiding relationship with him because of what Christ has done for you and that was his predestined plan from the beginning Mm -hmm. is to redeem you and so I just want to remind you that that's what causes you to grow in your love for the Lord let that be but also foster a heart for the nations because God wants to save all people not just select people but all people that was his divine plan from the beginning ever since he created the world and so you mentioned that Cambodia Brooklyn was a land of lush green beauty and something that I just want to conclude with is this. So in Revelation 22, it talks about what it's going to be like when we're forever in the kingdom of God. And this is what it says. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of Fruit, yielding its fruit every month and leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will be no longer any curse and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no longer any night and they will have not have need of the light of the lamp nor of the light of the sun. And I'm sorry, I'm a little stuck here. <laughs> Because the Lord God will eliminate them and they will reign forever and ever. And in this place is a place where God promises to wipe away every tear, Mm -hmm. to take away every sort of suffering. And in this midst of people is people from all tribes, tongues and nations, those who speak Kami, Spanish, Japanese, Urdu, Arabic. We can keep going, Russian, Ukrainian. That is who the Lord is going to have in this midst of people. And there are people who are waiting to hear the gospel in those nations. And listener, he wants to use you to do that. And it all begins right where you live. Whether that's in America or somewhere else, he wants to use you to proclaim his message of saving faith. That people can be reconciled to a holy, loving God. And so... Yeah, that's just what I want to conclude with. I mean, you described Cambodia like the Garden of Eden, and then at the end, it's going to be the Garden of Eden restored. And that is what I want people to come to experience is forever being with God in that. And so thank you both for coming onto the podcast to share about your trip to Cambodia. I really loved hearing everything you got to experience and you two are dear friends of mine and i'm really grateful to be your friend and again just thank you again for taking time out of your day to share about those experiences do you both have any final thoughts um, that you want to share no i think that pretty much covered it Mm -hmm. um i think we're just very thankful and grateful um for your friendship and that you just asked us to be on this podcast Absolutely. And then on the next episode, dear listener, it's actually going to be a surprise. And so I'm going to leave that with you. It's up to you to figure out who I'm going to be interviewing next because 
as of right now, there is no one on the queue, but by the time you listen to this, you might be able to figure out who it is that's going to be speaking next. So I'm just going to leave that for you to figure out for yourself. So thank you for tuning in to Tethered, and we will see you next time. God bless and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Tethered. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Please also tap the subscribe button to receive notifications when new episodes are published. You can also follow Tethered on Instagram by clicking on the link in the episode notes. Hope this episode has encouraged you, built you up, and blessed you. To God be the glory. See you next time. God bless.